Hey guys, welcome back to my podcast. This is Journeys with Jen. I'm Jennifer Griego. Today we are here with a very entertaining special guest, Greg Krogh. <laughs> he is a longtime family friend and he's one of the best outfitters and guides in Western United States. He's a legend with his glassing, I have heard. And um, he's a really good friend of my dad's. They've known each other for about 45 years. They grew up in the same kind of neighborhood and he was in the same grade as my uncle danny so how you doing greg i'm doing good how you doing i'm doing very good thanks for coming <coughs> down greg you came down um today i guess you have some other things to do but thanks for fitting us into your schedule oh thanks for having me glad your parole officer let you out <laughs> <laughs> and like i said my dad and greg are pretty close so <coughs> this is part, kind of the, of part of the agreement was bob wasn't going to be here for this <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a version of the podcast we did last time i think you were like seven or eight when we first met that's when i quit growing that was immediately the, the, the you harsh the, reality you were the same that. size yeah i know at that point i was like oh my god i was so shocked i just stopped growing immediately and, <laughs> and i think that was the last time you cleaned your ears until your doctor's appointment the other day because <laughs> yeah, i went toward this music note <laughs> oh my god oh. oh my gosh okay well there are but let's how's debbie doing because and for the for the audience greg um has enlisted me as his doctor referral for many years. Pretty and, much uh, anything. For anything. And it's always entertaining. No matter when. No yeah. matter what it is. <laughs> yeah. No day or dogs, <laughs> animals, humans. It doesn't matter. I figure Bob knows. Yeah. I think I think this is one of your quotes, actually. Uh, I might have this here. Let me see if this works. Okay. Dizzy spells. Nausea. <laughs> Cold sweats. Hot sweats. Fever blisters. Difficulty breathing, difficulty swallowing, blurred vision, involuntary trembling, dead hands, numb lips, what about Bob? fingernail sensitivity, yeah. pelvic discomfort. This was on Bob's answer machine last night. <laughs> <laughs> One o'clock when That's he sent right. me a voicemail. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Uh, but yeah, it's always been uh, <clears throat> great to get uh, phone calls from Greg. I think I might actually have another one here that you've got, Greg, when you call. But before I get to that, how's Debbie doing? Because Debbie had some issues, a real <clears throat> legitimate issue you called about. And yeah, everything is great. It turns out it was a scare, and, and uh, she's back to being 100% uh, healthy. That's good. Oh, here it is. This is the one. This is from the phone. I think you called recently. Uh, hello, Dr. Wilkes. Dr. Wilkes, this is Mickey Sachs. You have a minute? I want to ask you a question. <laughs> good. <laughs> and, of course, it just keeps going. Oh, but uh, and anyway, we're glad Debbie's doing well. I have to it. distinguish my, I mean, uh, disguise my voice so Bob will take my calls. <laughs> <laughs> it does sound a little New York. Change your number. <laughs> Call from other numbers. Exactly. Well, go ahead, Jen. Go ahead anyway, so obviously you have twins, and we have, how, how old are they now? We've they are 16. Oh, fun 16. times. Oh, yeah. And uh, I've offered to let David date them both <laughs> for years, ever since they were little. <laughs> I'm not going to go into this one. Uh, I don't think, yeah, let's just leave it at that. <laughs> anyway, so. It wasn't David so much. It was being uh, associated with Bob as an actual family member that scared us the most. Oh, yeah, I don't blame you. Are you sure it wasn't the other way around for us, though? <laughs> oh, I thought she was going to be the nice one. Well, I'll have to no. put a little bit of chlorine in their gene pool. <laughs> I was raised by him. I'm not yeah. the nice one. <clears throat> <laughs> and, <laughs> Go ahead. Start asking some questions. Okay. Too. Well, your girls, I've heard so many Krogh stories, and they're all very entertaining. But I have heard one about your girls in Mexico when they were sick one time and how, how the 
healthcare was down there. Jennifer can relate oh, with okay. all of her nebulizer <clears throat> treatments and all of her lung stuff. Oh, One of the phone gosh. calls. This is going back several years, but yeah. you called Carol to get some pediatric advice. <laughs> and you started telling about oh, which which daughter was it? That was I was in Mexico when I called. Yeah, yeah, it was Joelle, and um, <clears throat> we were down in Keno Bay, and uh, she was having difficulty breathing, and it just kept getting worse and worse, and to the point where she was really having a hard time, you know, breathing at all. So we started to panic, and uh, there was a <clears throat> a local family that happened to be just walking down the street in front of these condos and uh <laughs> what yeah and i and i asked him where the hospital was and she actually jumped in a car with us this these two people and told drove us to the hospital and to keep in mind this is in old kino not new kino and i can't imagine there's much of a hospital in old kino i mean <laughs> i mean in new kino but in old kino we're driving down these streets and everything's chained up and barred up and <clears throat> This lady's turning. I'm starting to think we're being hijacked. Is you know, she or, driving? No, she's just telling me where to drive. Oh. Meanwhile, my daughter's in the back seat, panicking. She's having a hard time breathing. And she pulls up to this chain link fence. It's like 10 feet tall with razor wire all over it. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> it starts, makes a, she gets on her phone and makes a call. And somebody comes out of the building and this is the hospital. And it doesn't look like a hospital at all. You don't even <laughs> see lights on or anything, you know. And then lights are start coming on. And we walk in there and this girl walks up. And she looks like she's 15 and she's got like neon socks and like bright green shoes on. Like she was going for a jog, got Mm -hmm. a tank top on. And I'm thinking, okay, she just was manning the place while they're calling a doctor to come in, you know, and then she takes Joelle and we get Joelle in there real quick. And she sits down on the bed and I look at this bed and there's, (laughs) you ever tell you about that? I don't know if these sheets have ever been changed, let alone from the last 30 patients that day. And there's like blood on the sheets. There's people's hair on the sheets. Oh my gosh. And my daughter sits down and she runs in and grabs this uh, nebulizer. I think that's what they call it now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Nebulizer. <clears throat> and, uh, well, she was, had, was, the doctor got it for her, right? She started to give her. This girl comes in and I, and I ask her, I said, well, oh, okay. when is the doctor going to be here? And she says, well, I'm the doctor. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I'm like, I said, how old are you? You know, and, she tells me it was really young, and I guess something in Mexico. She was explaining how once you become a doctor, you have to do some free work or something in some town somewhere for a few years. I don't. She was trying to explain it to me. And anyway, this was our doctor. So she brings in this nebulizer, and my daughter had had experience. She had one at home. We just didn't have it with us. And basically, you put your mouth on the nebulizer and do it, you know. And so my daughter grabs it, and she's panicking, just needs this. I'm sorry. How old is she at the time? <clears throat> oh gosh, she's, she's only like three or four, right? Real little, yeah. yeah. Oh dang like a baby and so she grabs it and puts it in her mouth and i'm watching her do it and 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 you can immediately see her like you know it's just it's instantaneous like it, it opens up the airways yeah. and then all of a sudden the doctor turns around and jump lunges across and knocks it with her hand out of her mouth <laughs> it yells don't put that in your mouth do you know how many kids have had that in their mouth in the last week Oh my That's god! Nice. And I thought this isn't a new one. And she said, "No, we don't have that in our budget." She said, "You're supposed to hold it away from your mouth and put your mouth around it, but not touch anything." So oh now I'm god. not even worried about the breathing anymore. I'm not worried about what disease she's just caught. Oh you my know, god! In this town. So that's what I think. I called you and asked you what what do I need to come back and get tested for for my daughter when we get back for this trip. I told you what happened. And I can't remember. What oh, yeah, I think you were talking to Carol, and I think <clears throat> Carol and Jennifer was already born at that point. We were. I would have been CF. like, yeah, like. 
And I'm a hero when you said that, I think Carol screamed and threw the phone. <laughs> she was so freaked out about, ah, just thinking if Jennifer went and, oh, and got whatever pulmonary infection somebody had there. Oh, oh yeah. And, and then, so then that's all I, I kept asking. Now all I asked the rest of the appointment was, you know, what people have had this in their mouth? <laughs> and, you know, what am I worried about? And she's trying to treat my daughter. And I'm more concerned about what we just got from this thing that she was so, because she absolutely panicked. <laughs> oh, I bet. That would and, be so uh, freaky. I thought if the doctor's panicking, this must not be good, you know. <laughs> well, so we have not been back to Mexico, <laughs> to Kino since. So, As a family? No, my mom and dad still, they get so frustrated that we won't go back. But Well, you, you go down there a lot. You were down there with hunting. And you, <clears throat> yeah. you, you were telling me the story recently about the you like the the slightly used beverages down there on the table. <laughs> Tell that story. You know, it's not enough that your daughter breathes out of a used nebulizer mask. <laughs> so we go down there. It was me and somebody. Who was I with? Was I with? You were with Drummond, was weren't you? I was with Drummond. Oh, I love Drummond. I think it was with Drummond. And uh, so we go down there in the, uh, when we were crossing the border, the owner of the ranch had one of the cowboys come and meet us. <clears throat> and uh, so he's driving up with us and. He doesn't speak any English, and we walk up to some little tiny cafe place on the side that we always stop and eat at. It has these great tacos. Drummond says they're not any good, but they're my favorite place. And <clears throat> so we go there, and we're Are you eating. Sure, you don't have the higher standards. No, no. And so we're, we're we're sitting here waiting, and we order. I order a soda, and I order my food, and you just kind of step to the left, and I order another food, and and we're talking at the same time, and Drummond's trying to decide, and we're trying to figure out how much we owe them, and then I look down and. And they'd given me my soda, you know. <laughs> so I, it's in a, like a white styrofoam cup, and and I take a sip. I'm like, man, this is like warm and flat, you know. <laughs> this isn't very good, you know. So I, I walk back to the table with it. I'm sitting there drinking it, you know, and and uh, knocking the flies off of it, drinking it as I'm eating my tacos. <laughs> and then about five minutes goes by, and Drummond's sitting there with me, and the lady walks up with our drink order and hands us all a bottle of the sodas we had ordered in a bottle. Uh-huh. And I said, no, no, I already got mine. And she said, that's not ours. <laughs> she says, we don't even have styrofoam cups here. <laughs> I have no idea who that is. <laughs> so I had barely just picked it up off the counter from someone and, and carried it in there to get something to eat earlier the day before or something. So started drinking it. Oh oh. Yeah, I was driving hand sanitizer for the next three hours driving down the road. <laughs> You call me that, I'm like, what kind of disease is going to catch in this? I'm like, I don't know. I'm great. Probably one of the ones you don't already have, which could be awesome. Oh, gosh. Here, I think this is another one of your calls. I think this, is, uh, this could have been you. I'm not going to lie. I've had my bouts with hypochondria. What's that? That's thinking that you have diseases that you don't really have. Oh, my God. I have that. <laughs> I think you have the opposite of that. It's like, oh, I'll be fine. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, it's always an adventure, Jennifer. I can tell. Well, anyway, we I met Drummond in uh, Reno this like January or February, and he kept calling you Kroger. Kroger. Oh, from Kroger's Yogurt. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. What's the backstory behind Kroger? <clears throat> Kroger was because in Chino, they opened up a yogurt shop um, about a mile and a half from my house. And uh, it was uh, oh, it was the best yogurt you've ever had in your life. <laughs> and uh, I was eating so much of it. And you know, you never nobody ever carries cash anymore. I, at least I don't usually ever carry cash. I always just have my little card. <clears throat> I walk in and swipe it, and 
the problem with it is at the end of the month, you can look at it and, uh, <laughs> and see. And I think my wife tallied it up one month. I spent $600 at a yogurt shop in 30 days. So, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> yeah. I'd go two, three times a day. Every time I'd drive by swinging there and get one of these yogurts and eat it. And, and then, they, and then uh, I had to leave for my hunting season for six months. And, uh, and the place had opened like in the <clears throat> kind of in the spring. And, the, mm-hmm. and, it, and it was doing really well when I was there paying their rent. <laughs> and then I left in... I believe it was August, and uh, and we were like joking around about what we were gonna do when I left. Yeah. And about halfway through my season, when they were gone, <clears throat> the place went out of business. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> I was gone. Where's Greg? Another so, <laughs> looking around. So I came by one day, and on between trips, and I found out it was going out of business, and I panicked, and I went in there, and I. I got every Tupperware container I had on their last day there, and I just was filling it with these things, just, <laughs> just filling these huge square Tupperware containers and shoving them in my deep freeze. And That's so awesome. I had like an extra month's supply, and then they finally went out. And That's well, it's amazing is as much of that junk that you eat, you're still like your body fat percentage, you're probably around eight or eight to ten percent. You're still in really good shape. No, I just it hides it well with loose loose clothing. <laughs> well, plus that dress you're wearing. Yeah, yeah. the fishnets are kind of creepy, but still. <laughs> And it does hide a lot of stuff. Oh, my God. All right. Ask some more questions, Jennifer. Well, obviously, Vince Watts is one of our close friends. We've hung out with him many times, been up to his place in Sedona. But um, I think we were there together once, weren't we? Were we? Did we go there once? Yeah, I think we were up there at the same time. <clears throat> Fun times. Um, overlap by a day or something. But he was saying one time he was staying with you, and he couldn't quite sleep because of the scent in his room or by his That was bed. in your trailer. Hmm. Do you remember that? That's when I met Vince story? was up on the deer hunt in Nevada, and you had just had Debbie and the girls up there. That <laughs> <laughs> there explains the smell. <laughs> so Vince is Vince is in the the pullout bed or whatever in the trailer, and he's like, I just couldn't sleep because the the, the stench was so overwhelming, I could not sleep. And and finally, the next morning, I'm he gets up. I'm getting after the wife and kids about showering more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess he goes. I'm yeah. sure that's the problem. <laughs> He goes, the issue was there was an entire garbage bag full of used poopy baby diapers that was right underneath the bed where he was sleeping. We run a tight ship at my go-to outfitters. That's right. And he was like, oh, my God. He goes, I thought I was going to have to cut the, cut the hunt short or start sleeping outside. And luckily, it was just the 50 pounds of uh, poop baby diapers that Greg hides underneath my pillow. He's dying. <laughs> Uh, I think we killed Greg. This is a good ad for my business. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the for the record, the girls are no longer in diapers, and uh, they don't come on the trips anymore. So. <laughs> the I'm problem sure is you are now. <laughs> so it's the Greg's Depends undergarments that are <laughs> that are there, full of uh, uh, recycled gone, yogurt. It's gone full cycle. <laughs> uh. Oh, my God. I don't even know if Vince told me that. He was probably too embarrassed to, to bring it oh, up. Oh, he brought it. That was the first time I met him, and he was... Wasn't Pat Losher at that camp, too? He was. It was yep. me, and you, and you, and, uh, and my friend Doug Peeble. That's right. And, Doug! And Vince is a funny guy, but he was on a tirade. He he was like Rodney Dangerfield. He was just self-deprecating. <laughs> he was going on and on about his appearance and about you know sleeping in a bed full of crap, and he was pounding the Crown Royal at that time. But my God, <laughs> he was, those are the funniest things I've ever seen. That's right. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Well, we obviously have talked about your daughters, and might as well keep talking about them. So, (laughs) um, these are all baited stories. But, um, so, I know, this story, I know when I think of you, like, this is what I think of, which is probably not great for you, but I mean, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) But, so, the story I hear all the time is about 
when you kept uh, biting your daughter's nails to cut them, because apparently you couldn't afford nail clippers or anything like that. <laughs> well, <laughs> so, he, wasn't, he wasn't good with a knife, so. <laughs> so, um, and then you got some other diseases that you called my parents about. So, do you remember that? You called you God. called Carol years ago. <clears throat> and uh, and you sent me the book about <laughs> wiping your ass. <laughs> Is that the one you're talking about? No, I don't remember that, but I remember you called because your daughters, one of your daughters, or maybe both of them, had pinworms. And you recall, which is a common childhood. Oh God, they're gonna parasite. love this podcast. Yeah, make <laughs> yeah. sure any boyfriends listen to this one. But uh, you called and asked Carol. You know, shockingly, you called for medical advice, and uh, you're asking Carol about what about pinworms? You know, one of them has that. Should we treat the other one? And Carol's like, yeah, in general, you should probably treat, you know, the other one too, since they're That's when you the sent me age. the book on personal hygiene the next week. <laughs> yeah, I, I think you still have that in the cellophane. I don't think it's been open. <laughs> Greg thinks hygiene is just how you say hello to a guy named Gene. He doesn't realize it's actually something. Gee, that's an original joke. Did you just make that one up? I did. I made it up for Greg years ago, as a matter of fact. But um, but so you're asking Carol, and you're kind of sheepishly working your way around like, uh, well, hey, listen, if you're going to call in a prescription for both the twins, why don't you just call in one more, you know, just for me, just in case. <laughs> Carol's like, well, Greg, it's very rare for an adult to get pinworms. And he's like, you know, I mean, because kids get it because they, you know, touch the butt, don't wash their hands and stuff. And I'm like, well, um, <laughs> hypothetically, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it might be that, uh, you know, occasionally instead of trimming their nails, I might bite them for them, you know, because I don't want to cut them with the <laughs> nail clippers. And Carol's like on the phone just going, what the heck? Just sitting there silently going, you, you to, bite your daughter's own nails? No, this you is. No, you bite your own this nails. This is going to, if Drummond's listening or if you ever listen to this, this is, falls under the uh, Bobby divisional fact. When Bob tells a story, you have to divide it by two every time he tells the story. So <laughs> That's a this, thing? Yeah. So by wow. now, I'm sure that probably got straight. I probably was talking about chewing my fingernails. No, you said you're biting because Carol has a very good explanation that you were really concerned that you would cut their nails with the clippers. They would cut their fingers. You would hurt them. So, and they were like little babies, and you're like, so I just, oh, nails it's like a little, little monkey. I just, so I just, I just, I just chew, <laughs> like, you're chewing their nails by proxy. And it, she was like, oh, God. Well, yes, I guess I will call it. And for you too, Greg, you probably also have the Pit worm work. eggs underneath your fingernails. <laughs> I got a better Carol story. Do you remember when the kids were bored? Um, and you so, went to see, she was your pediatrician. Yeah, year, for right? the first, because we were down here out of town. Right. And uh, we had the twins. They had the, we called them the, I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. What did we call them? Uh, the, what are they, the nurses that are trying to have you, telling you how important it is to breastfeed? What, the what lactation nurses? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. But, but I, don't anyway. know, I don't know what you call them, Greg. is probably something not quite as nice. <laughs> 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 Coke out of my nose. <laughs> 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 I think Greg had some visual <laughs> memories of lactation training. <laughs> He shot milk out of his nose. How long have you had breast milk in your stomach, Greg? So anyway, they... <laughs> looked uh, a little curdled. <clears throat> they kept... You know, we didn't have kids. These were our first kids, and we didn't... Literally knew nothing what we were doing, and... Uh, Actually, you weren't even there for the conception. <laughs> so, so anyway... Don't laugh. So, so we ended up with these... And I was talking to Carol on the phone about how important it was if we should be on the... She says, well, it's not as, I mean, it's important if you can, but, you know, the important thing is they're, they're, they're eating or drinking or whatever you want to call it. So these <laughs> nurses kept coming in and saying, no, no, you have to, they have to breastfeed, they have to breastfeed, it's so important, and you have to do this, and <clears throat> if you start giving a bottle, then they won't do that, and blah, blah, blah. 
So my wife was breastfeeding both of them. You know, it's, it's not like giving a bottle. You can't tell how much they're getting. You know, you just assume they're getting them. And then, the, and then <laughs> Carol's asking me, well, they're getting plenty as long as they're going to the bathroom. Are you changing their diapers? And I said, well, yeah, they're going to the bathroom and we're changing their diapers. And she said, okay, well, as long as that's happening, then they're, they're getting, they're getting their, uh, they're getting milk. So this is going on and man, three or four days into it, these kids are getting so skinny and little. They're just like (laughs) withered away to nothing, you know, (laughs) and we're back at home with them. And one of them looks like a turtle. I mean, just has literally, it just, (laughs) she's just so skinny. They've lost like, I don't know how much weight since they were bored. And we're like, I'm getting worried, Deb, you know, we, we live up there and Carol was down here and, and, uh, so we drove down to see Carol and, uh, when we come down to her office, I mean, keep in mind, it was everybody kept the question I always got from her was, are you changing? I mean, when they go, are they going to the bathroom? They were changing. I'm like, yeah, yeah, they're going to the bathroom. They're peeing and everything's fine. And you didn't think come- about the other <clears throat> aspect of that? Well, no, I didn't think about the fact that, because remember, these are our first kids. So I didn't understand diapers like swelled up and got so full of, you know, when they got wet. I was like, ours were like, someone took an eyedropper and put a couple of drops of yellow in them. And we were, we were like, oh, change it. It's dirty. You know, we throw it out. <laughs> and so, yeah, we're changing them three times a day. They're blah, blah, blah. Carol looks at him and she's like, well, we need to get someone some formula, you know, and she pulls out these little sample bottles of formula. And I mean, these two kids just grabbed them like, like they'd never seen food before, <laughs> just started <laughs> drinking them and then chucking them and grabbing for another one. And, and then when we left their office, their diapers were so wet. We're like, this is what she was talking about. <laughs> Not just the little yellow strains in them. Oh my gosh. And so we about starved our kids to death in the first week. Perfect. <laughs> you, should, you should have given them some milk. Here, here, this one. You can use this. I have nipples, Greg. Could you milk me? <laughs> <laughs> I have nipples, Greg. Dollar every time Bob asked me that question. <laughs> <laughs> well, some t- sometimes the food on your camps is a little sparse, Greg. <laughs> sometimes a little, a little Greg breast milk might just hit the spot. <laughs> Speaking of food at your camps. I do. One of the other stories that I associate is actually about David. Um, is when he you were cooking dinner and then stepping up to go to money tail the whole time. And I was what? Well, you gotta you gotta set the scene. So oh, I don't know the scene. I just know those details. So David but. and I went down to Mexico to hunt with Greg, and um, David had David got a really nice mule deer. He was ten, I think. <clears throat> I think he was ten. It was his first deer that he ever shot. He got a little coos deer, and he got a nice old um, mule deer buck. It was a three-by-three. Three. And uh, he also got a Cotamundi, and he got a jackrabbit and a coyote. Wait a minute. He wasn't was it a big coos deer, or did you get a little one the first time? He got a little coos deer the first year, and then that. and <clears throat> then later on in the hunt, <clears throat> he shot a giant Boone and Crockett, 100, yeah, 110-inch. I don't even remember the other one. We were sitting in a water hole. Remember the same <laughs> water hole where the cow got stuck in it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> we killed it, tried to help it. <laughs> trying to pull what? it out of the mud. <laughs> trying to pull it out of the mud. <laughs> what? The thing was already, it was dead. It was so emaciated and sucked there. We tried to get it out. And <laughs> I got the, I got the audio clip. We have to show you that at some point in David's conversation about he killed everything with a gun claw. He goes, except for that cow. And Greg's like, you didn't kill the cow. Quit telling people you killed the cow. Wait, 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 wait. what happened? Well, I'll tell the story. I've never so heard this story cow, before. It was a severe drought on the ranch. There was hardly any water. Yeah, I, the only water on the entire ranch used to be about a, about a four or five acre lake. Right. And, um. And it was down to like half the size of this, well, maybe the size of this room. Yeah, like maybe 20 by 20, something like yeah. that. Yeah, and, uh, and, you know, maybe three inches deep of water. <clears throat> and so at night, I was filling up, though, <clears throat> I had a big flatbed, and we were had the, those, you see the, in Mexico, those big water tanks that, on the top of the houses. So we were 
put one of those in the bed, and every night I was filling it. Do you remember that? Yes. Driving it down there, and then I'd siphon it out with a hose off the berm of the tank because the water was evaporating or being drank by the cattle on the place. And so it was going to be dry the next day. And so we just kept putting 1,000 gallons on it every day. And uh, and it would just – you could see the water level move up about four inches up the mud, and then it would come back the next morning. We just kept doing that every night. But it was a lot – the mud was really just like quicksand. And one of the days when they get there – Bob calls me because there's a cow stuck in it and it's keeping all the deer from coming in. Yeah, I mean, it was really <clears throat> sad. The thing was so emaciated and dehydrated and stuff. All it could do was flop its head back and forth. And, you know, Greg's like, I'm going to just have to shoot it. And we we tried to pull it out first because, you know, That's we didn't have authorization <laughs> just to shoot this cow. But the thing was in really bad shape. So we so took it up to the ATV and tried to pull it out by its head. And I mean, it was sunk up well past its chest into this. It was just brutal. And there's 10-year-old David <clears throat> watching this thing and then, you know, he's talking about, well, yeah, I shot everything except for that cow. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't shoot the cow, David. But we were sitting in that water hole, and that was the first <clears throat> deer he shot. He shot a little four-torn four coosier that came in, made a great shot on it. But uh, but what were we talking about? <clears throat> what were you asking the question about? Um, oh, so he shot a, he shot a coat of Monday, and uh, that was down by the river. And we allegedly <laughs> <It's> illegal. <laughs> <laughs> and David wanted to trick you with it, so he put. He put the tail inside the cabinet in the kitchen. And you probably realize this, Greg. You get a little animated when you tell stories. <clears throat> Allegedly. Coming, from, coming from Bob. <laughs> <laughs> yes, go ahead. So you're, he, you're bouncing back and forth because we're in the living room. And uh, we can hear that, by the way. So we're in the living room. <laughs> and, uh, and he has the yes. tail sticking out of a cabinet. And those coat of money tails, it's probably like three feet long. And so like as tall as you. <laughs> Oh. I'm going to move over here a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like maybe two feet taller than you then. That's Jennifer. okay. So, uh, it, was, it was a better roast on you. <laughs> that's okay. It's safe from Greg throwing that at me. But uh, <laughs> I got plenty of short jokes. <laughs> <laughs> so you're standing there. You're, ta- you're cooking. You're cooking stir fry. You know, it was one of those great meals where you, you opened up a, a plastic pouch and threw it in a fry pan <laughs> and started heating it up. And so David is watching you because you're in there and the tail from the cabinet is right next to the stove. And you're literally standing on this coat of money tail. But you're telling the story, and you're acting it out, and you're getting all animated, and you're coming in, and David's laughing, and he's laughing harder and harder. Every time you come in the family room, tell it to us, and go back in there, you step on it. And David is falling, he has fallen off the sofa. He's rolling on the ground, laughing because you don't understand. You haven't noticed that there's a coat of money tail you're standing on. So you're thinking, boy, I'm really killing the room here with this great story and this great joke for David Griego. And, and then finally, David, he's like, wow, David, you really think that's funny? And David's like, look at your feet. And you're standing on this coat of money tail because it looked like there was a mountain line inside the cabin with the tail hanging out of it but uh you were totally oblivious to it but uh, my memory's gone i only remember those <laughs> it was one, of, one of david's favorite stories of interacting with you <laughs> that was that year when there was no rain on that place at all for uh-huh. a year because remember we accused the the people of having people on the ranch before us because all the tire tracks are the wash and then i realized they were our tire tracks from the year before <laughs> that oh. it hadn't rained one drop on that place in a year oh i think you're right yeah <clears throat> remember the big wash that went down to the river and i could see where someone had been driving a quad back and forth and making those berms and he's like no oh, those are yours from last year <laughs> and looked at like yeah no one else has those bald tires that is <laughs> <laughs> oh chicho silly chicho i've talked to him on the phone last year Tell, tell the story. I do, I, I do remember, like, certain stories. It was very common when you used to go down to Mexico with Greg a lot, and we'd, you'd always come back and be, like, telling Chicho stories. Silly Chicho. But I don't even know who Chicho is. you got to tell is. the story, the silly Chicho. I just the know legendary. that silly Chicho. 
the first time you ever went down there. You were with Jack, I think. Yeah, it was the first time I'd ever been down there. And uh, I think you – didn't you come that a week? No, you came the following year. Right. So I went down there with Jack, and we'd never even been on the ranch before. <clears throat> and we drove around. We didn't know the boundaries or anything. And we climb up on this hill, and we're glassing off in the distance, and we see this <clears throat> really nice buck. But we're not even sure if it's on our place because there are all kinds of interior fences and roads mm-hmm. everywhere. <clears throat> but I knew the knob we were on was on our ranch, so we just thought, well, this morning we'll just watch the deer, and then we'll go back and get the, the cowboy, and he can show us the boundaries, and then we'll go find this deer in the evening. <clears throat> so we, we watched, and then we go back to the ranch house, and we come back, and I'm, you know, we're drawing roads in the dirt because my Spanish is a little rough, as Bob knows on there. <laughs> and, uh, and so anyway, they um, – <clears throat> so we're drawing little maps in the dirt with our hands and sticks and trying to point where the, we think the deer is and where the boundaries are. And finally the guy says that he just – we just – he relays to us with – uh, that he's going to just come with us and, and this is tell, Chicho. This is Chicho. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so the cowboy's name. How old name is Chicho? Chicho at that time was probably f- in his forties. Okay. He's probably sixty now. Okay. I think he was about ten years older than us. Okay. <clears throat> and uh, his name's Chicho, and uh, he's been on the ranch his whole life. I mean, since he was like eighteen, so he's been there for at that point twenty something years. Mm-hmm. And uh, <clears throat> so we end up going. He comes in, jumps in the car with us, and. We drive down this road and that's taking us to this water hole. And I'm telling him that we saw the deer up here and he's trying to explain to us. I said, well, let's just walk up to the boundary and you can show it to us. But we didn't want to drive any further. So we get out of the car and we start walking down this road towards the water hole. And we decide that, uh, and, and Chicho gets out with us. And all I've heard about, remember, I haven't hunted Mexico before. So all I've mm-hmm. heard about is all the cowboys tell you everything's muy grande, muy grande. And then you shoot it and walk up and it's not muy grande and everybody's <laughs> upset. So <clears throat> I've got this stuck in my head. And then a good friend of mine, um, uh, uh, yeah, really good friend of his name. <laughs> <laughs> really tight. <laughs> it's, it's so hard to remember all the friends' names. You got like well, there's three. There's I gotta your keep brother. And I gotta keep track of all three of them. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I can't even say his name, but I do know what it is now. But I want to say because it it's gonna be. I'm gonna hear shit about not remembering his name. <laughs> but anyway, this good friend of mine. <clears throat> tells me hey when you go down there just be careful because these deer are all on tiny little bodies and you're gonna think they're huge and <clears throat> that's why the cowboys always mess up and they tell you they're big because they look so big on these little tiny horns and these big horns and these little tiny bodies so i got that in the back of my head and we're, we parked the car and we don't even walk 60 yards down the road towards the water hole and all of a sudden i look over my right shoulder and there's this buck and he's rutting these does and it, just one doe <clears throat> and he's rutting around a palo verde tree and i look over there and the first thing I hear is the, the Mexican cowboy go, oh, muy grande. <laughs> so Chicho says, muy grande. And we've known Chicho at this point for 20 minutes. And, and he's got this <laughs> bright red and blue brush popper, uh, Garth Brooks type, you know, shirt on yeah. and <clears throat> his big white hat. And, and he's like, muy, muy grande. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, Chicho. Okay, Chicho. Okay, yeah. <laughs> pat him on the back. <laughs> big buck. And I'm looking at it, and I don't think it's that big a buck, you know, because I'm... And I'm, you're with Jack, <clears throat> and Jack has a tag, and he's... Jack's like, sitting there, and uh, he's got his uh, he's got his rifle right there, and we could, this thing's 60 yards away, just walking around the street, you know, going, you know, grunting and pushing this door right <laughs> Yeah, burr, burr. <laughs> And it you looks guys like should he, act it out <clears throat> real quick. <laughs> Bob and I will do it around the tree. No, I'm not going to pretend and let, let Greg rut on me. Not since the incident. So he does this around the tree three or four times, and Jack's like, oh, my God, look at the size of that thing. I said, no, no, Jack, he's, it's the first day. You know, that's not as big as the one we saw earlier from a distance. And I said, man, 
I said, you know, they're on really small bodies, and I'm trying to explain. The whole time I'm trying to explain Jack and talking about shooting this buck, Chicho's behind my shoulder going, muy grande, muy, muy grande. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm starting to get annoyed. Like, we got it, Chicho. (laughs) Muy grande, you think he's a big buck, you know. Yeah, I'm a professional Chicho. (laughs) He's a little guy and outfitter for 20 years at this point. I know what I'm doing. (laughs) So I turned to Jack, and I'm like, just don't listen to Chicho. Trust me, that thing's not a big deer. And he's like, are we looking at the same buck, Greg? I'm like, yeah, the buck right there with all the green stuff. And he'd been raking a, a, uh, these, uh, what do you call them, uh, organ pipe cactuses. Oh, okay. And he was raking it and he had these like green drapes hanging over his face for it was just <laughs> shredded. And he's like, the one with the big green things hanging all over his face? I'm like, yeah, it's the only deer. He's right there running around the tree. <laughs> yes, I'm looking at the same one. I said, it's not that big. You're going to shoot him then you're going to be bummed and the hunt's going to be over and we got 10 days and you're going to shoot the first deer we can shoot? And he's like, oh my God, the thing looks huge, you know, and it runs around the tree again and, and the whole time I'm thinking it's rutting this little fawn around, you know, like a small doe. <clears throat> And then he says, You're a pedophile. We got Michael yeah. Jackson here. <laughs> and he says, Look, man. He says, Are you sure? I said, I said, Listen, if you want to shoot him, go ahead and shoot him. I said, But the, I said, Go ahead because the rancher told me that I can get a tag also. You know, there's another tag available. And <clears throat> if you get done, you're, you're going to be mad. You're going to have to sit around here for 10 days while I go hunting then because I'm not driving back. And he's like, There's another tag? <laughs> I said, Yeah. And he goes, so if I shoot this deer, I don't like it. Can I get another one? I'm like, yeah. And before the word yeah could come out of my <laughs> mouth, the gun goes off, scares the crap out of me. He's looking <laughs> at him through the scope, you know, and he shoots and the deer just drops. And all I remember thinking was, oh my gosh, I can't believe we just shot this deer, you know. And, uh, well, turned, you were telling him, it's a, it's a small body. Watch, we're yeah. going to walk up to it. You're going to be Yeah, just, and so I'm telling him, I'm like, really disappointed. Yeah. And I'm like, because this has all been going, we'd had this conversation the whole time Chicho was saying muy grande over her shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> and Chicho is so excited. You know, he's jumping up and down that this, we finally <laughs> come to our senses and shot this deer. <laughs> and Jack's like, I'm going to run back to the truck, which is like 60 yards away. You know, we yeah. literally had parked it, you know, and he's like, I'm going to run back to the truck and get my camera. I'm like, all right, I'll wait here. And I'm stressed out, like he's going to walk up and there's going to be so much ground shingles. He's going to be just devastated, you know, in this little tiny body and it's not going to be that big a deer. And, <clears throat> and I'm telling him the whole time, it's not that not a big deer, but, you know, I'm telling him it's like a 180, low 180 type of deer. But, you know, you'd be here about Mexico, it's first day and he runs back to get the camera and he comes running up to me. He's like, well, how big is he? I said, I, I hadn't even gone up and looked yet. And he's like, you're that stressed? I said, yeah, I'm stressed. I said, it's not a very big deer, Jack. You're going to be bummed. And we start walking up there together, and the grass is really tall. And I clear the last bush, and I can see this body. And to this day, it's probably the biggest mule deer body I've ever seen. <laughs> it was so big. And I didn't even see the horns yet. You know, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, you just killed a giant. And he's like, I can't even see his horns. Just look at the size of that body. If those horns look that big on that body. And we start breaking branches, and we get the head out of there, and ends up being a 200-inch buck. And, and, <laughs> and Chicho's uh, jumping up and down. <laughs> like, no wonder Chicho was so excited. <laughs> you know? And he tells us it's like the biggest buck to ever come off the ranch. And, he, you know, later when we got to talk over the years, he, he always tells that story about how he thought these stupid gringos, you know, here's the biggest <laughs> buck they've ever seen on the ranch. And we're, we're, we're patting him on the back. You know? Okay, Chicho. Yeah, that's fine, Chicho. Just stand over there. You don't know what you're talking about. We're professionals over here. <laughs> Silly, silly Chicho. That is so funny. That is so funny. And the Jack said next time he came back, he was going to learn Spanish and how to judge deer. <laughs> <laughs> Why did he look so so small? Well, everybody was telling me, and, you know, we had a lot of desert deer here in Arizona. And, you know, you go around here and like south of Phoenix and the Tucson and Phoenix mm-hmm. area. And these deer, you know, they weigh at what? I don't know. What do they weigh? 130, 150 pounds, these bucks. <clears throat> you yeah. Know, and as opposed to say a 250 pound big body mm-hmm. buck. And so when the body is so little 
and you put the you can put the, the same horns horn. Look bigger, yeah. yeah. If you can, it'd be picture like for example, I'm not picking on your dad or anything, but oh yeah, no, God, imagine if your dad picked up one of these racks without a head on it, and your dad walked up and stood on top of that hill right there out that window, and he held it up, and then we had like a normal sized person, <laughs> like your brother, and your brother went up and held up the same rack. You know, separately, and people judged it. Everybody would think the rack was huge when Bob was holding it because it looked so big next to a <laughs> grown man. <laughs> Versus, you know, when your brother was holding it, it wouldn't look as impressive because mm-hmm. he's uh, a little bit bigger than Bob. <laughs> so that's that's the best explanation I could come up with. Thank you, Greg. You know, I, I was able. I had this soundbite um, from Chicho, and I was able to translate it to English. There, there you go. Morons! I've got morons on my team. <laughs> it's amazing how he was able to <clears throat> to discern that so quickly. <laughs> yeah, but that's how my my uh, Rocky Mountain Jeep was. Everyone thought he was like the biggest one in um, North Dakota because um, he was a brakes ramp, but he was like a hundred pounds lighter than we thought. He was like I think like two hundred, and they thought he'd be like way more than that. So he ended up scoring lower than everyone had expected, but I didn't care because I was like, dude, I just got a sheep. Like, who cares? Oh, yeah. But, Everybody puts too much on the score. Yeah. It doesn't change. It's just really everybody that says they can score stuff, you, you know, there is nobody out there that can really score something accurate unless they know how big it is, the body. Yeah. So, like, when mm-hmm. you see something by itself, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, that's I'm scared to death to shoot anything when it's by itself because you never know. If it's on a big body or a small, it's the only thing you have to compare it to is its mm. body. You can't tell how big the tree is that it's standing next to, you know. And so you're just comparing it to how it looks compared to that deer or yeah. like on that ram you're talking about. <clears throat> Can you imagine if those same horn, if it was 100 pounds heavier? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would have been. It, the difference it would make on looking, so yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's <clears throat> a trap. A lot of people, especially with an auction tag or whatever, where you're out trying to get the biggest animal uh, there have been quite a few of the dwarf rams shot. They're by themselves. You can't tell that they're on a small body and they shoot. Do they think you're normal wolves. size until they get closer? Yeah. yeah and then you're a dwarf? Luckily, though, when you have someone like Bob, even when you shoot a dwarf ram, you got a little dwarf person <laughs> in the pictures. They still look huge. <laughs> Bob thinks all these outfitters are his friends, but they just want him there for the pictures. And that's true. Shots. That is true. They're always like, hey, Bob, get behind that uh, fawn. We gotta, <laughs> it's like a boomer. They don't even need to be big when you got Bob. He just... <laughs> Uh, uh, I would never pick on you, Greg. I think that's nice. I'm glad to get finally warmed up here. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you're letting him harass me on your I show, don't know. Though, Jen. <clears throat> I'm sorry. Oh, there's okay. So my dad has given me a list of stories for me to look oh, at good. so that I can pick. <laughs> it was pick hard them. to come up with many, Greg. There's only like um, <laughs> five thousand different opportunities. So I have to try and make it sound like I'm not reading off of the list right now. But um, so obviously. In the room directly across from us, there's a giant mountain lion on that wall. And I've heard you have a fear of mountain lions. Oh, terribly. <laughs> you yeah, can't see it from the angle that you're uh, at right yeah, now. Yeah. <clears throat> so I, I told her about the story. I think it was when I was up hunting with you in Nevada. You told me one of your friends up in Nevada was sitting a water hole and a mountain lion came in. And you got it on video where it like hit the camera with his paw or something like that. There was a female with some kittens. Or oh, something. yeah, 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 yeah. And it, 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 like, attacked him. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, so he's... Freaky story. This was, I guess, before trail cameras because apparently he was there to you film keep, uh, it. Every time you harass oh. me, you move your microphone oh. away from your face so I can bitch slap you and, <laughs> and you got to put it back there. Can you hear it now? Is that better? <laughs> yeah. Don't, better Don't now. swallow it. I mean, you know, it's... Uh, <clears throat> I'll let, I'll right, let, let it go. Let it go. So, yeah, so... He he had a he had a camera set up, 
and uh, like on a tripod, but a video camera, you know, and he was going to, and it, for some reason he had seen this buck going into this spring. And uh, so he set up his camera to film it and he was just like maybe an hour before dark or so. <clears throat> I'm probably butchering this story if he's listening, but that's right. You don't remember his name anyway. Name you forgot? Yeah, I can't remember his name either. <laughs> and, uh, so, uh, so he, this line, and as he's waiting, the line, you hear something, he looks over and he's actually looking at the viewfinder and he sees this uh, female lion. She mm-hmm. steps into the viewfinder into this green grass by the spring. <clears throat> and then she takes a couple steps out and then another lion and then a third lion, two kittens. Uh-huh. And, and so three of them walk into the spring and he's filming it thinking, man, this is incredible. I can't believe I'm getting this on video. And he's, we're talking maybe 20 feet away. Dang. And, uh, and so he's sitting there filming it. And all of a sudden she turns and looks at the camera and just locks onto it. Like, you know, when you're watching it, it's freaky because she's just looking right at you. Right. And then she just lays her ears back. Oh, and she starts, and first she backs up a little bit, like out of the viewfinder. <clears throat> Did they just come in like right next to him? Yeah, they just kind of came in a little trail mm-hmm. up above yeah. him. And and I can't remember exactly, but it was like, so she backs up out of the viewfinder. And you can't really see anything that's going on now because they'd all entered it. And then she backed up to get out of the view. And then she starts, and he's, of course, as I'm watching the video with him, he's telling me what's happening. And uh, <clears throat> he's a little bit like your daddy. He likes to embellish a little on stories, too. So I'm, I'm trying to take what he's saying with a grain of salt. <laughs> yeah, listen to that. Greg's saying that I embellish my stories. So, is yeah. so this thing is kind of, he said it gets, he goes, right now he's in a crouch and he's coming right at me. But I can't see it. On the viewfinder, it's just a green meadow. There's nothing in front of it. I'm having to take his word for it. And, they, and they're coming right at him. And he's like, and I hear this click. And I said, what's that noise? He says, oh, that was me undoing my pistol. From the holster. <clears throat> yeah, from the holster. And I'm like, <clears throat> and then you hear like a click and he said, and then you hear him go, yeah, yeah. And he's like, make, like trying to intimidate this line. And so all this is not on video. But none of this part's on video <laughs> yet. <clears throat> and he's like, and of course, anybody could be making this up afterwards, you know, <laughs> to start saying that it's attacking you. You can't really see anything happening. And so he yells it a couple times and I hear him shoot the gun. Then he shoots at a saga tire. It's like, a, I think it's a little five shot revolver. He shoots it a third time. Like and he's just shooting movies. in the ground, like trying to scare this thing. Like he doesn't want to shoot it, you know. And uh, <clears throat> and then finally he realized, man, I got like a couple of bullets left. And there's three lions here. And I got two bullets left of this gun. So he decides at that point um, he's going to shoot her, you know. And so he levels up on her and he's describing this all to me. And I'm watching and I can hear the audio. And he's, he says, and this time now she's coming, you know. And he, and he said, I'm sure she's coming now. So I'm thinking, okay, now I got to shoot her. And he's just about to shoot and he catches something out of the corner of his eye. And he turns and looks up to his left over his shoulder, and here comes a lion in the air coming off the rock behind him. <laughs> oh, my God. And he God. takes his gun, and he just kind of shoots from the hip up at it, like into its chest as it's coming down. <clears throat> and then the whole camera shakes. And I said, what was that? He says, that was the lion. I shot it, and it landed on the tripod legs with my legs and the tripod legs. And it's, you know, and the whole camera's kind of moving now. And he's like, and it's flopping around down there on the ground. Oh, my god! And gosh. I'm thinking... Oh, come on, man. And, of course, you can't see anything. I'm like, come on. There's no way. And he goes, just wait. Just keep watching. And then at that point, you start seeing this lion's tail flipping like this in front of the lens. <laughs> and it's hitting the lens with its tail. And oh, just like it's God. bouncing around dying. And uh, <clears throat> and then you hear him screaming and yelling at something else. And then the, then the lion flips around. And then it kind of flips off the rocks that he's standing on. And then the other lion runs by him because this thing's making all this screaming noise that he just shot. And it runs past him. The, the, the mom does, the female. And she runs, jumps off the cliff. And he just turns around and takes off out of there, running the other direction and runs all the way back out of there. And, oh, my gosh. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's incredible footage. 
That's intense. And <clears throat> that was Nevada, right? Yeah, that was Nevada. We have a ton of <clears throat> We see so many lions over there. So, so the lion, the other lion that he shot came up from behind him. Yeah, it was one of the young kittens. And she just, like, when he, when he was looking at these, it just came up. Maybe he didn't see it. He doesn't really know because he wasn't like, counting lions at that yeah. point. But somehow <laughs> one of them got behind him up in the rocks and was, like, jumping. He said he saw it, and it was, like, already in the air coming down. He just kind of shot and just happened to hit it right there. And he went back the next day and. Yeah, pretty wild. Oh, my gosh. Was that the same guy you were telling me that he had one stock him in his car or something like that? Yeah, the same guy had one. Like he was going out to his woodpile to start his car, and there was a line on on their woodpile right at his house. Oh and then we gosh. had a deal with uh, Jason Campbell and uh, <clears throat> and a guy that we were guiding on a hunt years ago. We were backpacked in on, uh, in Nevada, and uh, we were up on top of that mountain. That mm-hmm. You still don't want to say the name, but the one you, you and I were uh, – where he did that muzzleloader elk hunt in the yeah. snow, that big yeah. mountain. That yeah, you, yeah. And so we were up, we were backpacked. I was backpacked up on top of the mountain and they were coming in on the bottom <clears throat> and they had shot a, like an albino, well, a white bull, hmm. you know, and, uh, you know, and uh, a big bull elk that was white and they shot him. Yeah, we, I crazy. had one, I had uh, Rick Drake with me up on top of the mountain and then the, he was coming in from the bottom, maybe a mile away, mile and a half away. And they shot this bull and we got to watch him shoot it. We were hunting a different bull. And we watched him shoot it. <clears throat> and then I was trying to save radio because we were up there for four or five days. You know, we were backpacked. And uh, so I'd turn my radio off at night, and they were going to skin and pack out that way, and we were going to stay up on top. And then in the middle of the night, my wife was going to, I can't remember, it was like some sort of a movie or something with the girls, and I was worried they were messing. Well, when you get back so I can sleep at night, let me know you guys made it home safely, and you're back home. Mm-hmm. So I woke up at like midnight, and I rolled over and turned my phone on, thinking I'll just check, make sure they all made it home, and she'll leave me a message. <clears throat> I turn on my phone, there's like 15 messages. And, uh, and it's this, it's Jason on the phone going, you're not going to believe this crap, but there is a lion stalking us. We're working on this elk. It's charging us and oh it's, it keeps bluff charging us and we're throwing rocks at it. We've got these pocket knives, you know, <laughs> and, the, and it, it, every, it, and this goes on for like, and I get like the last message first, you know, which was, <laughs> all right, we, we got something in him, you know, he's, he's finally hurt, you know, and, and, uh, it, it was wild. And, uh, and that guy had been attacked by a lion once before. Same guy. What are the odds of that? He shoots Jeez. a white elk and gets attacked by a lion, charged by a lion. Wow. Multiple. This whole thing, this whole episode lasted like a long time throughout. The, I'm getting these messages drawn out over a bunch of period of time, and then finally they, they got one in him, and it, it was scary. Did they have their gun with them? No, it was an archery hunt. Oh, archery. Well, yeah. that would explain that. Was it at night? Yeah. It was in the dark? Yeah, that's creepy, and I know that you were kind this of freaked was, out I mean, about. This was so long ago; it was a while. I know you've been kind of freaked out about <clears throat> hiking in, in the dark, and hiking out in the dark because of lions in some of the country. I thought you had some stories where you were, where you like heard lions, you know, screaming or felt oh. something stalking you or whatever. But there was oh. a time in Nevada you were freaked out that you didn't want to start hiking into well, those. Back in you could two, see. it was ninety nine or two thousand. I had one that I actually had. Uh, I was, <clears throat> I was on a deer hunt for my own hunt. And I glassed up three lions on a deer kill right Dang. in the canyon where my big buck was at. And I couldn't tell what the horns were like. I could see the deer's legs. And there's three lions just laying there eating. And then they looked up and saw me across the canyon filming them. And they just stopped what they were doing. And I was probably three or 40 yards away, but across a big canyon, you know, it was pretty steep. And, uh-huh. and then they just, they were looking at me. And then they sat up and they were all, I'm looking at this through the binoculars. And I'm filming, you know, like this is before phone scope. So I'm just holding yeah. my camera up against it. And all of a sudden they just slink into this crouch and start coming towards me and they're looking at, i'm like oh my god i don't have a gun i don't have anything you know 
Yeah, you must have looked pretty tasty because they already had a deer a deer meal right there. Ooh, was, is that crow? He looks tender. And and pretty soon they're like loping, you know, and and coming across that canyon and they're and they're looking at me as they're coming. I'm starting to so I don't know what to do. And then they get to the bottom of the canyon. Now they're only, you know, from the very bottom they're only like 125 yards away. Once you get to the very bottom to come back up to where I'm at because it was kind of sloping down and it was really steep and. I wasn't thinking clearly like that they can smell and everything. So I'm thinking, as soon as I can't see me, I'm going to run over here and hide in these rocks, you know. <laughs> so they come out of sight and I run over here and I'm hiding thinking, holy cow. And I never saw them again. I don't know what they did. Well, or they probably they got downwind of you. And then that usually will run any animal or person off. <laughs> like, oh, my yeah. Lord. Was one of the stories about, uh, as we're making fun of people, was one of the stories about that, that muzzleloader buck where you couldn't shoot over the top of the grass because we, yeah. <laughs> we didn't yeah. the box? See? Well, there in Nevada, I think there was six inches of snow, and I had to use a snorkel. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I'll, I'll steal that one from you. But there was the muzzleloader buck, which is a heck of a buck. I'm sitting here. I can see the bottom of it right there. Yeah, that was the one you guaranteed me that my bullet would pass right through that creosote bush branch <laughs> and kill him. Just standing right behind it. Like, Bob, just shoot him. Like, he's, it's going to hit the tree. You're like, ah, it doesn't matter. It's so well, close. How far so were we? Like 40 yards, 50 yards? Were you that uh, far? That was probably 60 or 60? 80. I mean... It, but you're like, oh, there's no way. It'll kill him. Just shoot him. So I shoot. And remember, it hit like three or four branches. They're all like diameter. Of yeah, but we're talking finger. a creosote. Like, he's like bedded on the outside of it. And when he stands up, it's like, I don't know how your bullet could have possibly. And I know it does. We, I'll we verify where, it. Yeah, it. You can see where the bullet hit it. But there was like, it wasn't like a thick tree we're no. shooting through. It's just a couple of creosote branches. And I'm thinking they're right against his body. I mean, even if you do hit it, it's just going to break it. And I love the quote, though. It's like, I was all bummed out because you'd been seeing that. Uh, is that mine? I've been seeing that, or you've been seeing that buck for a couple of years, and it was like a great place to go after him. And we get in there, do a stock rattle. He stands up, and you know, I just shoot him. Then I shoot, and he runs off. And he no, he but first the guy on the hill spotting said that he that he dropped. Remember? Don't oh. you remember? We thought he because that's what we wouldn't even we think he's like, oh, he went down. He went like fifty yards and piled up. Don't you remember? Yeah, but then then he was rutting a doe after that. No, but we went over to the tree, and there was like, and the guy was like, hey, he's right there. I'm like. We're looking around like, there's nothing but gravel here. He's not right here. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. and he had got out the backside of the tree when that buddy of mine's uh, nephew was there. Yeah. And and he was like, no, no, I'm sure he's there. I'm like, he is not here. Start looking around, you know. And then we picked him up again, and he was. But my, what I was getting at is you're like, you're saying, I was like, oh, I'm sorry, Greg. I'm sorry I screwed that up, man. That really sucks. And you're like, dude, you don't understand. We're not going home until you kill this deer. <laughs> we may be here for the next week, but we're not leaving until that deer gets killed. So don't worry about it. We will get him. <laughs> I'm like going. Oh, it is Christmas Eve. You know? <laughs> <laughs> have little kids at home. Was it actually? <laughs> yeah, it was like the 23rd or something like no, that. No, it was Christmas Eve. Yeah. Do <laughs> you remember? I was like. Yeah, uh, you were saying, oh, Debbie's going to go shopping or something <laughs> like that. And, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I was already out there scouting for Monday for you. <laughs> the usual Christmas <laughs> Eve when you've got me working. So. Yeah, that yeah. is a story that. And I, I was a bit of a dick on that one. I'll, I'll give you that. So I, I had drawn. <laughs> I had drawn a Kaibab deer tag and a Unit 10 You're so rifle, loud over there. Rifle elk tag. Yeah, Greg is like the master of the this background was, noises. She, had, she was just born at that point on that hunt. Oh, oh I remember that. For the, uh, you remember? <laughs> yeah. The Kaibab when you sent me up there for uh, Thanksgiving. Well, the reason why I, was, why I was a dick on that deal was you said, listen, Bob, I, I'll help you, but I got a hunter, you know, so I'll tell her where to go. You can go check it out and stuff like that, but... You'll be by yourself the first couple of days or whatever, and then I'll come up when I'm done. So I went up there, and I wasn't seeing anything. And, and you know, to your credit, I didn't know what the hell I was doing at that point. <clears throat> I don't think I had good optics. I really didn't know how to glass. I was by myself, and I was like, what the hell am I doing? 
after two or three days, I'm like, Greg, what's going on? He goes, you said, well, I'm done. Actually, I can get up there on Thanksgiving. I'm like, okay, cool. Well, I, I think I told you I was going to go home. I don't know, remember what. <laughs> you know what? I'm sitting there by myself. <laughs> you got up there uh, Thanksgiving evening for dinner, and I, I came back home, had dinner with my family, and I went back up. <laughs> And got up there like right before sunrise the day after, the Friday after. And you didn't let me forget that. Oh, no, Bob, how was Thanksgiving dinner? I think I had a Pop-Tart. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and, uh, I didn't have kids then, so I was able to get away with that. Yeah, but it was, <clears throat> that was, wasn't very nice. But anyway, so for years, I was like. <laughs> that uh, wasn't very nice. <laughs> uh, I was, that was kind of a dick move for me. Oh, Greg, go up there and find a deer. I'll be back on Friday. <laughs> Enjoy Thanksgiving. Here's some. <laughs> <laughs> here's a Pop-Tart and some he, spoiled he milk. Did, he, did, he did bring me up a, a piece of dried out chicken leg that wrapped in aluminum foil that we put on the manifold of my truck to heat up while we were driving to go. It was a full dinner. Thanksgiving dinner. I'll tell, tell my mom you said dried up chicken leg. <laughs> I think that's what was on the menu that night when you cooked for me. But uh, but I did start saying that, you know, I think I'm going to buy the Code of Monday auction tag and have you hunt every Thanksgiving in perpetuity to, until you can find me a really good bull. Or Christmas, yeah. yeah. So I always send you a text saying, hey, thanks for, uh, what's it looking like? What are you seeing out there in the holidays? You're out glassing for me. That wasn't nearly as bad as when you had me drive to Mexico on, I had to leave, because you were flying in. and See, he's going to fly in, and I got to drive with all the gear. <laughs> yeah. So that was when he and, um, it was David, David, right? Yeah, he and David flew in, right? And I had to pick him up there, but he books like a morning flight, and I got an eight-hour drive, so I have to leave at like midnight on <laughs> Oh, I thought Christmas. you were just down there on the ranch. No, it was the day after Christmas. Yeah, the day, but I had to leave on Christmas to make it there for your flight the day after Christmas. That's all right. Your family doesn't <laughs> like you. So I literally, <laughs> I have like Christmas dinner, and then I have to like start driving to get there in time so that I can make it to, uh, that was when we, <laughs> this is a really good hygiene story here. <laughs> okay, good. They, uh, uh, that's new. We were, uh, remember the uh, granola bars? Oh, I love this story. Yes. <laughs> Mexico. So uh, I, I drove all night because I had to get to the airport in time with no sleep, and all I had was coffee and and granola bars. Oh, God. Sounds like a usual yeah, menu health. at a Krog camp. I'm, I'm a little so, concerned about where this is going. I mean, I literally had coffee and a big box of granola bars, and I I'm so scared. Went down there and and I was just eating them, so I didn't have to stop anywhere. I'm just every time I get hungry, eat another granola bar, and <laughs> I get down there, pick him up, and uh, keep in mind I have all. The camp Bob's making fun. There's not enough this, not enough that. But of course, there isn't like one square inch of space left in the entire truck to get in there. And apparently, he wanted me to leave on Christmas Eve so I could make two trips. <laughs> so we have everything we needed, you know. And uh, and so the actual granola bar episode with that didn't happen when you were there. Did no, it? it was because I, I went back. Time. Like right, but they were underneath. My, it was that box of granola oh, bars. Okay. But it's like a year later. I mean, they were Oh, yeah, old. they were in there, but I didn't know that. So right. oh my God. I didn't, apparently I didn't finish all the granola bars underneath the front seat of my car. And I'm down to Mexico the following year. And I'm driving <laughs> along, and I get out of the car, and I, like a granola bar slides out from underneath the side of my truck. You know, and Amazing. With your, your details <laughs> to cleanliness, that would be one that you I don't know find. how that didn't get picked up on the detail <laughs> job I did the week before. <laughs> It was clear to uh, And I'm like, oh, wow, a granola bar. It I'm was right just... after the dead hooker rolled out from the passenger seat, I think. <laughs> Jesus. So I pull out this thing, and I, I, I eat this granola bar, and I don't think anything of it. And then I have another one, and then we're just driving around. I've been eating. I find this whole box of granola bars, and I open up a granola bar and eat it as I'm driving. <laughs> My client's in the seat next to me. And, you know, the windows are down, and I keep hitting these mesquite uh, trees. You know, and, and you're driving kind of fast down there on those roads like I do it. You hit one, and all of a sudden, these mesquite beans are in your lap and on your, like, 
shirt and they're sticking to your camo. And I'm like, God, I'm going to wipe off these mesquite beans. Oh, my God. It's <clears throat> And uh, <laughs> so I've been just eating these granola bars like nonstop. And I'm not looking at them. And. <laughs> And all of a sudden, I look down, and I see all these little white worms all over my shirt. Oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> and my I thought, God. man, are there, like, worms on oh. these mesquite trees? I, like, every time I hit on these mesquite trees, oh. I throw out little worms oh. on my window. I'm gagging, Greg. Oh, my God, that's disgusting. And, and I don't think anything. I don't think. So I look at them, like, oh, my gosh, these mesquite beans have, like, little worms on them. They're, like, something. So I, I get out of the car, and I'm just going to throw up. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm shaking my shirt off, you know, to get these little worms off my shirt. <laughs> And I, <laughs> I don't think anything of it. Like two hours go by, and I go to grab another granola bar. But now it's no longer dark out; it's like light out, and you can see a little better. And I, I open up the lid, and I go to take a bite, and I see all these little worms crawling all over this granola bar. And I realize I've been eating these things for two days. Oh my god! This <laughs> can't even listen to the story anymore. No. Uh. And, I, and the, the sad part about that was I didn't I figure this out after Bob had left, or I could have shared some of these with Bob. <laughs> you probably would have. <laughs> and I think what really happened, though, was after that, you just finished the whole box. You'll ask you, <laughs> hey, those aren't bad. It that was shit. amazing. I was hardly hungry at all that show. Protein. <laughs> <laughs> you probably call back asking for a prescription for some more worms. <laughs> what are you chewing on your baby's uh, fingernails again? I'm sure. Uh, I- no, I'm just eating worm filled <laughs> food this time. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> that no, wait, disgusting. I, that's awesome. That's very I, disgusting. Good stuff. I think I think I'm traumatized for life. <laughs> Please don't tell me what kind of granola bars those were because I will never <laughs> eat them again. They weren't the good. They're, they're nothing you guys would have ever bought. <laughs> they were the cheap knockoff. What do they call brand. like family? What do they call Sure Brand or Sure <laughs> Family something? Uh, I think it's called Worms <clears throat> or Us. You should do a call in for Drum and. Uh, <laughs> you can't do call ins on these, can you? We I mean, could. We could. Know, we're, not not, we're not for set up for this, uh, this one, but uh, we'll, we'll do. We'll have you back at her. Do another one with him. Yeah, it'd be fun to hear his versions of life with you on the road. Oh God, we can get different versions of these stories. Um, but we mentioned earlier, like the stalking of the mountain lions on hunters and stuff. <clears> and my dad was briefing me about all these stories, so I knew some kind of background. He told me the story about when you were packing out a bear in the dark. Wait, yeah, where right, was that? Was that thirty-two or something? Uh, you had you had a client, and he shot a big boar, thinking it was right before dark. And then there was another bear that was with oh, it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a double. That bear. was the government. That was like an auction tag bear. Yeah. I don't remember <clears throat> the details, but if you remember the story, if you didn't, if the worms didn't already eat that part of your brain, would <laughs> <laughs> be a hell of a shot. By Maybe a that's why I can't remember half brain. these stories. Maybe uh, you're like the deer that I shot that had worms in its brain. You know, I, I'm I have, sure if I you cut open your brain, that like would that happen. I, that's in I, those things come out of me. I, the, fir- I, the first year I killed you. It's not far off from what's going to happen one day. Chris. Yeah. Uh, the first year I killed you on the Kaibab. Had that. We yeah. cut the skull cap off, and there were bot fly larvae up in the sinuses, yeah. but they were all the way up in the brain, like way up inside. Yeah, huge. That's what mine Big is. worms. It was disgusting. I hope nobody's trying to eat and listen to this podcast right now. That'd be yeah. really awkward. Uh, with all the, <laughs> the scent of the Why baby do- diapers <laughs> and the worms and all the other stuff. Why do but, deer uh, get that? That's so weird. That's just part of the life cycle for those those flies. They lay eggs in their in the nostrils and they migrate. <laughs> they're usually living in the sinuses. And you can see those bucks sometimes are shaking their head all the time and they're kind can of freaking imagine? out. Oh. I'm sure but you would not- know what that's like, Greg. Right? <laughs> <laughs> those are boy- no picnic. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine? Because I know what it's like. <laughs> you have no idea. <laughs> uh, those aren't voices you're hearing. Those are actually worms. <laughs> but do you remember the bear story? You were like terrified about this. You were, you guys shot, you guys <clears throat> shot a bear. 
And oh. there was a bear walking around. You're using the flashlights. You're skinning it. And yeah, and it kept coming up around us. And then when it, we were packing out, and it was popping his teeth at you and growling. And I, I think you guys, you must have shot the boar, but but it probably wouldn't be a sow that was doing that. I don't know. It was. We were coming out. It was a long hike out of there all night. <clears throat> and where was it? What part of the state was this in? It was in the Grams. So yeah. down by um, oh, it was over there by that prison. I forget what's it. Is that, is that your, your second home? <laughs> <laughs> he, says, he, he says it was such a fun look. Oh, it's over there by that prison. <laughs> work furlough. Oh, I love That's that right. place. <laughs> Started my guiding career on the weekends when they let me out. <laughs> no, it was, uh, yeah, we were, it was somewhere over there. In the, it was in the Grams, um, on Mount Grams. And we were coming off all night, and we didn't shoot this bear until right before dark. And it, we didn't even get out until the next day. In the day, It was daylight when we made it out of there. Well, the next day. you told me that you <clears> were, this was at you night. walked out, you walked out in the dark. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad I remember your stories better than you. It tells yeah, you. What oh, is when the it? guy dropped his load for me to go back and get, that's what it was. Maybe that's, but you wound up getting out in the dark or something. And the bear had followed you guys all the way back. Yeah. It was popping his teeth. And I think you guys, the hunter had shot a couple of rounds in the air to try to scare the thing away. It wouldn't leave. Yeah. But it paralleled <clears> you the whole way back as you were packing out the... No, and we made it out in the, the dark, but then he told me he left his... That's right. And, and so I had to go back by myself. You spent the night in your truck yeah. for a couple hours, and you said when you got up, there was like bear paw prints all over oh, your yeah. truck where he was trying to get he inside. He followed us all the way back. Now I remember... Jeez, how do you remember this stuff? Well, I am a doctor, Greg. I've actually got a memory <laughs> and all sorts of stuff, but... Uh, he doesn't yeah. eat worm-filled granola bars is what happens. <laughs> wow. But you were saying how terrifying that deal was it but you didn't realize it was I, outside your yeah your my memory is horrible really i haven't oh, noticed it's awful <laughs> i went to a super bowl party with my wife a couple of years ago and some guy was making fun of me about no hygiene that but if you won't believe it and, uh, <laughs> i remember looking at one of my the best man of my wedding was there and i'm like how does he know so much about my height and he's like Craig, that was your roommate for a year and a half in college <laughs> oh you're kidding <laughs> Oh my gosh <laughs> no he wasn't he said, yeah, he was i walked over and asked him he's like yeah for a year and a half wow <laughs> yeah, your roommate, then he probably would have said this. You'll have to excuse my friend. He's <laughs> a little slow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. <clears throat> oh, landlord. What else okay. you got, Chan? My wife's going to love that she warned me this was going to make me look bad. I said, no, oh. I can control myself. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, by the way, and that's one of the things about Greg. No, Anybody that that has hunted with you will have stories about you doing something silly or whatever, but really? but everybody that's ever hunted with Greg would tell you, and you guys will love the, the word. He's a badass hunter. So oh, he, really? Never heard that word. Yeah, as opposed to Tim before. in the last podcast. But as far as glassing stuff up and getting it done, Greg gets big stuff on the ground routinely. And people, you know, people say, "Well, I know he's looking around. He's, he's waiting for the punchline to come." Meteor going to go through this window. But it's true. I mean, you got your quirkiness, uh, and there's a lot of that. But as far as uh, finding big stuff and getting it killed, it's amazing. And and people will say, um, well, guides that are good glassers will be like, oh, I've glass with Greg, and I don't think there's anybody better than he is. And particularly – Maybe this is worms telling you where to look. <laughs> and some of the stuff is like <laughs> – <laughs> They all just go to one side and move your head over that way. Oh, there it is. <laughs> You'll be looking at an elk, you know, from three miles away and go, you know what? I think I think he's got a little inline, like maybe a three-inch cheater on that side. You're looking through heat waves. It's like, oh, come on. There's no way. That's And no, usually that's what the deal is. Now, you will screw up and tell your hunter <laughs> as for that auction t- or that landowner tag I had in Nevada, muzzleloader deal, 
which sucked. So we got, they got like three feet of snow oh. right before that. Thing. To this day, I still don't like doing that hunt because I'm scared that there's going to be snow. Yeah, and it froze, <clears> and then we couldn't get around and open sight muzzleloader deal. Well, you could get around. But remember, it was just so noisy. You'd try to stalk them, and they'd hear the noise. They hear that snow cracking. Oh, I know. Oh, crunchy snow, yeah. Or just snorkel dragging through the breaking <laughs> ice. <laughs> yeah, you were so concerned about me. You made me put one of those. Uh, put a little uh, those soccer orange, flags on the yeah, back so he knows where you can see them. Yeah, it was, it was on a big, long uh, fiberglass well, we, pole. We did have three foot of snow. <laughs> <laughs> but the jackass Greg, though, the last day, I'm oh, like, I gotta, get, I gotta yeah. get back <laughs> see how quickly things fall. Um, I said, listen, I, I want to fill a tag. I mean, I'd, I'd like to shoot a cow or a bull. Or it just doesn't have to be a big buck or a big bull. I mean, it's a super expensive tag. I would shoot a cow. But it was the last day. It's like, I'll just shoot whatever. So, <laughs> like, are you sure? Yeah, okay, well, go up there, and you're up on the mountain. You're, you're signaling me. My version is going to be entirely different than this one, so. I'm sure it will be. But, but, but at the end, like, Going, oh man, sorry it didn't work out, but uh, dang, if that wasn't if that 350 bull hadn't have been there, you know, whatever it was, it just it was we had to wait like three more seconds, we'd have had a shot at that really big bull. I'm like, what do you mean? Oh, there, there was a bull right there. You didn't see that one? I'm like, the little I, I would have shot like a five by five. Oh, come on, Bob. That was before he see. I just common sense thought Bob, big trophy hunter. Well, I mean, I no, mean he come, let's be real. <clears throat> 380, he would it would look big. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I mean, he doesn't really need that big of a trophy. He <clears throat> makes it look big with the picture. I'm gonna shut exactly. down your microphone, Jen. <laughs> he just so said it first. What, it, what actually happened was this is the real story. Yeah, he can't remember his own name or any friends' names, but he has. I do remember this because he's yeah, yeah, sure. scarred in my memory. <laughs> he's told me about this. He's insulted me so many times over this over the years. And no, he would never do that. <clears throat> he forgets about the Christmases I spent in the field looking for Kudamundi for him, and the Thanksgivings <laughs> I spent on the Kaiba for him. All he remembers is my one screw up, which. To this day, I think I would do over the same way. <laughs> yeah, right. <clears throat> so he says at the last point, listen, tomorrow Which morning. Which does prompt this. Even if do we the same thing again, I got to say. I'm even- not a smart man. <laughs> <laughs> so he says, at this point, it's the last morning. We have to leave it to the morning. Or no, it was the evening. No, it was the morning. Morning. <clears throat> and I'm uh, sure all the other details are accurate since you know nothing else about this. But go ahead. <laughs> so... Uh, and they're in this bird, and he says, if you don't see a big one, I'll just shoot anything. Just at least have some meat to go back with. I said, okay. So the first thing we do now is glass up <clears throat> this really big bull. So, and this is a, a really solid 350, 360 bull, if I remember. It was, I, can't, it was I never saw it, man. <clears throat> well, then it was 390. <laughs> 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 if you never saw it. <laughs> dare you to ask me how big something is after it's gone. And uh, so anyway, it was, I, I remember being like a 350 to 360 type of bull. And it was the last day, and we're now hunting down low. There's not any snow to deal with, which is what was messing us up this whole hunt, just because of the noise from it. It would freeze at night, then get yeah. – Oh, yeah. Nice. And then we'd get the crusty, and it was just – they'd hear them coming from 400 yards, you know, and they, and you had to use these open-sided muzzleloaders without a scope, so you had to get within about 150 to 200, and we never could do it. <clears throat> um, so anyway, the first bull we see that way is this really big bull. And so I'm like, oh, thank God we don't have to – do the walk of shame in town with his little five point, you know? <laughs> and so we're stalking it. And then on our way to stock it, it's kind of on the far end of this little opening. And I'm trying to get him around a little bull that I had seen afterwards. So you, you're up <clears throat> talking your man. Yeah. I'm up yeah. on top and, and uh, trying to get him to go. So I'm having him do this loop to get the wind right. So we don't go by this one bull. He spooks. So we don't get the big bull. And it never occurred to me, Bob, the trophy, I would want to shoot this five point when there's another one only Despite the fact that I told him, like, right before we started walking, now, Greg, <laughs> doesn't matter what happens, but I still want to get either a cow I, or a uh, bull. I want them to yes, eat whatever. If 
we don't see a big one, but we saw a big one, so everything else out the window. <laughs> so I'm not going to do a stock on a five point when I know there's a big bull right there. So we almost get the big bull after going all the way around the five point. And of course, by the time we go all the way around the five point to go get the big one, that took too much time. And Bob's got little tiny steps and he can't cover too <laughs> much ground. And I'm trying. Dude, those and I'm high really... heels are hard to walk in. <laughs> so. Especially right. The way you make me dress on these hunts really... And he's just about to the point where he can shoot the bull, and then the bull gets into the trees. Oh, then we turn around and go back to the other one, and then he gets into the trees, and then he goes home with nothing, and I'm the scapegoat. <laughs> it's all my fault because yeah. I went after the big one. So yeah, damn trophy hunters. Wait, you didn't know well, there was I, a five point? Five? Well, I didn't he didn't know because I was walking. Was I like, guess, wait, wait, wait. Oh, you goes, weren't telling him. I was telling so- him, keep going left, keep going left. And he's thinking, well, the bull's there. Why am I going left? And I'm trying to get him around a five point. So after he's like, I would have made it there in time. If you, That's the only reason you even knew. I wouldn't have even had to tell you. You go, I would have made it there if you didn't have to do the big loop. I said, well, we had to go around that five point. You go, I would have shot the five point. Yeah, exactly. So that was a deal. But I will say that Greg is, you know, Greg's very professional with his other clients, not so much with me. <laughs> we were down in Mexico, and he he glassed up a really a good buck. It's in it's in here. It's a tripod buck that you watched it break off the tripod as it was beating up Palo Verde, and oh, you're like, right. oh yeah, you gotta, you know, get my samurai drive down here. It was like it was like a five mile deal to get over to it, you know, and so and the whole time you're like, Bob, this is the favorite desert mule deer I've ever seen in my whole life. This is my dream buck. Don't screw up. If you screw up on this stock, if you miss a shot. <laughs> I will tell everybody oh, that I've ever kind. met. Bob that, divided uh, by two. Yeah, <laughs> that you're, there's no way that you, you know, you're the worst hunter and everybody will know. And ball, so he's literally saying all this stuff. I'm going, oh my God. Imagine if, if I well, like really valued. Mind, this is my friend, not a normal <laughs> client. Don't tell everybody else this stuff. And yeah, I'm like, imagine if I valued his opinion or whatever, <laughs> <laughs> how I'd be reacting to this. And I did say at the end of it, I finally got over there and I, I shot the buck. And, you know, Greg will be sitting there watching. go, don't you turn that radio off. <laughs> Sometimes you have to turn him off. <laughs> but uh, I get over there and shoot it. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Would you talk like that to your other clients? He goes, oh, hell no. I would just do that to you. It makes it enjoyable to be able to rip on people like I'd like to all the time. <laughs> but it's, it's fun. I, I enjoyed hunting with you. Although you don't let me do it anymore. You always have highfalutin clients you take now. Oh, don't take on. me on Here we go. Anymore. Here we go. <clears throat> True. You need to go back to Mexico. Yeah. Oh, you quit going there for a while after some I did of that for a long time. And then crap. Did you actually, get too diseased down there? Those worms. <laughs> <laughs> There's something about that flat. Uh, I can't ever get coke. a hold of Bob on the phone from down that there. That water down there is great once <clears> it hits <throat> your lips. Mm, oh, it's to die for. Or from, whatever it is. <laughs> All right. The next on my list, I don't know backstory to this, and I don't know if I can read it either. Um, hold on a second. I might have a. Uh, I, I, can, I can save you the intro for this, Jen. Do you even know <coughs> what I'm talking about? I don't know. I do have this. This might uh, this might make it a little easier for you, Greg, to talk about this. Lee Harvey, you are a madman. <laughs> when you stole that cow, <laughs> oh wait, and wait, your wait. friend tried to make no. it with the cow. <laughs> no, I know. I want to party with you, cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is this a story you told me in Lincoln? No, we are yeah, not doing that yes, story. We no, gotta, we're not. We got to do the story. No. <laughs> Dude, this I, is a legendary story. Now we can. I be, thought that was you. you I know. hate. I'm traumatized by that story. And you Lincoln is too. We talk. We don't talk about it. It's this, a story that can't this be talked guy, about. Now, uh, we're not telling that story. That <laughs> you have to tell the story. No. It's such a bad story, Dad. No, I am traumatized. <laughs> he told this story. I heard this story three times, Greg. He told it to me, told it to me and Lincoln, then told it to me, Link, uh, me and then Lincoln's dad. Dude, this story, this on my desert has been heard for years. 
And now you don't have to give the vivid details of it, but uh-huh. but there's you. No. This freaked you out. <laughs> oh, it this did. freaked you out for years. What? I, I'm How not, would it just, not? I'm not ready to talk about it still. <laughs> no, we can't. I'll tell, tell it. No, <laughs> cannot tell a story. I feel like if we don't tell it, people are going to be very confused about what we're talking you ha- about. You can't hit, leave it hanging like pause, that. Hit pause. Hit pause and all. Wow, that's awkward. Well, you know, I our guest Greg doesn't want to get into this story. The story. <laughs> it's it's legend. It's not urban legend either. People have heard this story. <laughs> And we won't. Uh, you I guess hear that one in person. It can't go out of the way. It can't go. It can't be in print or on. Uh, it can't be in print or in uh, audio recording. I don't know. Lee Harvey <clears throat> is a madman, and there was time with, with a cow. <laughs> oh uh, my gosh! Was, uh, okay, apparently we're not allowed to get no, into we, detail. No, that one we're not going on. My wife would kill me on that one. That's so sad. <laughs> it's all right. It's. <laughs> I'm a little traumatized. <laughs> Thanks for the flashback. Yeah, I, I can't imagine how traumatized you are. I've heard the story and I'm traumatized. Yeah, you were traumatized. I think you, you slept can't. in your truck with clients for quite a while after that. Not with my clients. I slept way. in my truck where they slept. I mean, yeah, I when you had yeah. clients after Jeffrey Dahmer showed up at camp. <laughs> that is not a normal thing. All right, I guess that's, uh, we're not going to go into that one. It was the best part of the whole podcast. We don't even need you here now. <laughs> Get out. The podcast. Leave. Jeez, Greg. All right. Well, it was a pretty interesting story. If you want to hear it, call my dad up. <laughs> call Bob. Okay. Well, since we're talking about cows, yes. or not talking about cows, how about the time that you called you called me with one of your medical questions, and you're like, Bob, you're like, Bob, listen, uh, I catch something from a cow. Where's this going? <laughs> <laughs> you called me. You're like, Hey, Bob. Uh, it's Greg. I'm like, Yeah, I know who it is. <laughs> And it's never like, hey, how are you? How's the family? It's like, hey, how are you? And by the way, when Greg calls, he'll give you like, hey, how's it going? How's the family? And give you like 10 seconds to talk. And then it's a <laughs> blah, 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 And Greg goes off for 30 minutes without asking you another question. But uh, when Greg called, he said, listen, we're, you know, Debbie was doing some of their horse and her horse cow kicked her. And uh, I'm like, what does that mean? He goes, well, the horse was, she was at the side of it and it kind of lifted the leg up and kicked her in the stomach. But she's fine, right? I think she's fine. I'm like, I don't know, Greg. I mean, I wasn't there. And he's like, oh, it can't be any big deal, right? I mean, she shouldn't really need to go into the hospital or doctor. Right? No, you I'm left like, this out. We found her passed out in the field, though, first. <laughs> you did? <laughs> I did unconscious. <laughs> I didn't know that part. Wait, wait, wait. After she got kicked? Yeah. Or like right when she got kicked? No. Or she kind of like <clears throat> went out there and then passed All out? Right, he's rude in this one. This one we can tell because it doesn't involve me. <laughs> <laughs> Just, Just your, your wife. Just your poor wife's yeah, so wife. So I was, we came home from a trip early. Um, we were in unit 10 and we'd shot a bull and we got it all packed out and it was like, <clears throat> like four in the afternoon and it was, you know, that time of year it's hot. You know, we were at North Ash work and a good friend of mine was there and then the client and we were like, God, we're only an hour from my house, you know, let's just run back and, and, uh, we'll cape this thing out on my back in my back porch and we'll. My wife will make us dinner, and then we'll come back and break down camp tomorrow. Let's just go into town. And, and it was hot, and we thought we can get the cape on <clears throat> in a freezer. So we drive home, and uh, I pull into the side of the house park, and we come in, and we had like a horse pasture out there, like an irrigated pasture. And my wife was somewhere out there. I didn't see her in the house, and the kids were in there. And the kids said, Mom went out to go get the horse or something. And we had one of the horses turned out <clears throat> in this pasture. She went to get him and bring him in and put him in his pen. And... Uh, I hadn't even talked to her yet so since I've been back. So I'm talking to my girls, and they're little, like super. They're probably, well, they were two years old because it was back in 05. Mm-hmm. So they were two years old. <clears throat> and uh, and uh, and all of a sudden, the hunter walks out, and we had a screen door, and he's on the back porch, and he's taping, and he says, <clears throat> excuse me, and he says, yeah, your wife, uh, Greg, you need to come here. Your, your wife needs help. 
And I'm thinking he thinks that you know, like she's not capable of catching the horse or something. You know, <laughs> I was pretty handy. I'm thinking, oh no, she she's fine. She she can get it. You know, and 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 I'm trying to like I was cooking. I think I was like we'd been there for a few minutes, and I was like putting on those strap like cooking a little deer steak. You know, like when you grill it in that butter like we do. <laughs> like the only thing we eat in Mexico. Yeah. Well, let's see. I, can I remember <laughs> Greg's menu? Uh, let's see. There's there's worm filled granola bars, and then there's uh, back straps and butter. <clears throat> yeah, I remember that. And he so the, and he just he's like tap it on the screen you know and he goes Greg Greg he goes you need to come over here and he and, and he's getting really frustrated that I'm not you know taking him seriously that my wife needs help and I'm thinking my wife knows how to catch a horse she doesn't need help I'm doing something right now you know and then finally he's like Greg you need to get over here wife just got kicked by a horse and she needs help and I'm thinking man why didn't you say that to begin with and I'm running over there now I'm panicking he's like well I didn't want you to freak out in front of your kids well now the kids are screaming you know and I run through the screen door. I walk out there, and I'm going running out. I don't see her, you know, and the grass is tall. and You couldn't see over it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, see, Greg's not a big man, ladies and gentlemen. So there was this rock right there, and I kind of jump on it, and I, as I jump over it, I almost land on her, and she's, like, laying there in the grass, and I almost land on her when I jumped over this rock, and uh, the horse had moved off, and I was, like, thinking she was over there by where the horse was, right? but she was actually was coming back, and then it collapsed, I guess. And... Uh, and so I'm like trying to talk to her and, and she keeps saying, oh, she says, oh, I'm really sorry. I, it just keeps saying she's really, hey, there she is. And, uh, oh, Debbie's back I at just, our house. Now she's going to hear the story and probably I just, bludgeon you. I just ruined the end of the story. Now you know she made it. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> so anyway, she's, uh, <laughs> oh, the spoiler alert. That's the most thing Greg's spoiler ever Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> so, so he's like, and uh, I guess, you know, he had seen the whole thing that she was walking up and putting the halter on. He just kind of reached up on the side and kicked her right in the ribs. And uh, so I looked at her shirt up and looking at her ribs and you can see this imprint of the horseshoe. And it was all bruised and red. And <clears throat> and she's apologizing and uh, and talking about, uh, you know, oh, it's, it's it's not that bad. Just go back in with your friend. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm ruining everything. I'm ruining the whole dinner, you know. Yeah. Oh, Debbie was saying that? Yeah. I'm like, well, you are, but <laughs> let's make sure you're okay. And, uh, but she's acting like nothing's wrong, you know, and she's talking and seems normal. And, and, uh, she said she was only out for a second. I don't know. I'm not a medical guy, so I don't know. It's shocking. I thought you were. <laughs> and, you sure uh, carry yourself like a doctor. <laughs> so she says, uh, she's like, I think I'm just going to go in the back room and lay down and, and, uh, you know, take a couple of ibuprofen and I'm sure I'll feel better. So to me, I'm thinking, you know, if, if she was, that seemed normal to me, you know, so she walked back then and, and then I'm thinking, man, this is. What if there's something internally wrong, you know? And I tried calling Bob, but he doesn't answer. Yeah. And, uh, oh, gee, I wonder if it's just yeah. you. Yeah. So Bob doesn't answer the phone. Then I rock back, and I walk back in the room, and she's taking an aspirin. And, uh, and so what he's talking about was not that I didn't say I didn't wasn't wanting to go to the hospital, but I was actually talking her into going to the hospital because I was concerned that something was wrong internally. And she just kept wanting to stay there and stay there. And then all of a sudden she started feeling a little weird. She said, you know, maybe we should go in there. So we get in the car. And, <clears throat> and you call me. You got me on As the we're phone. driving. You're driving. And, and uh, I'm like, he I'm goes, like, well, should I go in? I'm like, Greg, I don't know. But, I, you know, I can't tell I'll you never not to go. He said, you can verify this. He goes, well, I mean, I'd bring Carol. Yeah, that's in. what I said. <laughs> but I love Carol. <laughs> that's what I said. <laughs> so that's just me. You I do said, what you want to yeah, do. He's going back and forth about deductibles and out of pocket. <laughs> about the emergency room costs. <laughs> 
I go, do you think I should take her in? I'm like, I don't know, Greg. I love my wife. I would take her in and get checked. You know, after I said, he goes, hang on a second. She's turning blue. I got to go. And he hangs up the phone. Like, you're, you were leaned back in the seat. You dropped yeah, your she, blood pressure. <clears throat> I mean, things went bad. All I hear is, I got to go. She's turning blue. Click. I'm like, well, oh, everything was Krogue great. Story. It was great right until we got to the emergency room. She was like laughing and talking and. Stodgy was calling me up, wanting to go elk hunting the next morning and asking if I'd go meet him. And we were, I'm like, oh, yeah, i to take the wife to the hospital real quick. But I should be back in a few hours. Like, come meet you. I didn't think anything of it, you know, because she was, you were totally, we're really just going in there for precautions because you shamed me into it. <laughs> and, uh, and thank God we did because, I mean, we were like pulling into the park. I'm like, oh, we're at the parking lot. And, and then all of a sudden, it just like instantaneously went south. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I looked, and you said park. Wait, so say what she said. She doesn't have a mic on. Oh. Yeah, hang on, hang on. We'll pause for a second. Put on a, put on a headphone. Okay. Well, we'll just say. Okay, so she's sitting in the corner. She refuses to put a mic on. Um, no, I think I think <laughs> Greg has a serious non-disclosure agreement with Debbie. <laughs> I think he's got uh, Trump's creepy porn lawyer <laughs> deal with that. That he never listens. Well, Debbie was saying you had. We're gonna go back to the story because it could get weird. But um, anyway, but did you bleed internally? Is that what happened? Well, yeah. really quickly, we people. She was saying that Greg was debating whether or not to walk her in or just park and like drop her off, right? And then go park. And then she said, "Oh, we can just park. We don't need to drop off at the emergency. I'm fine." And in the span from there to where we got to the parking spot in the parking lot, she started turning blue. And her lips were like turning white, and her face was turning. It was, <clears throat> and by the time I got in the emergency room, she completely passed out. Oh, my gosh. Like, just, I was walking through the door, and like, there was nobody in there. There was a guy with a scratch on his forehead with a Band-Aid. I don't forget, and he kept <laughs> yelling at the nurses. You know, they'd ask him what his birthday was. He's like, what am I, an idiot? <laughs> it's July 7th. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and they were just checking him for a concussion or something, you know, because he had a cut on his forehead. And, and I was screaming and yelling. They went and got her. And, yeah, then they end up aerovacking her to Phoenix. And she's been quite a while in ICU down in Phoenix. And it, the horse had kicked her kidney and it put it in it was like in five pieces or kidney and but yet it was all attached <clears throat> so then i told oh bob gosh. if it's still attached do we have to do anything I mean, <laughs> at this point you know what i mean i can save 40 bucks is there a way i can sew that back together or something i mean i've, I've got one of those ace bandages and put a little pressure on it <laughs> oh yeah greg's God. just telling her settle down sweetheart settle down now <laughs> she's just trying to tag steve-o on the face <laughs> <laughs> Did she hear that? No. no. That's Steve Irwin. <laughs> but, uh, well, I know you guys need to get going. Is there anything else? Um, I mean. We I'm have to do this again, Greg. You need to do this another time. When maybe, you're maybe we'll just leave it at that and then do a part two. Maybe. With with um, Drummond. Oh. Let me make sure there's nothing else that you Well, there's the, some Halloween one. I don't know what that is. Uh, we can't have that one, Deb, because that involves the, the Halloween party that Deb knows about that <laughs> I went with Bob and. Probably be best if Deb wasn't here for that one. <laughs> well, I will say I will say this one. So we're both we're both ASU fans, and you remember when we were up <clears throat> hunting uh, for deer and we're listening to ASU? I think it was Dirk Cutter's first year as our head coach, and they're playing U of A in football, and and ASU was getting thumped pretty hard by by U of A, and we're driving down the road, and you I said to say that. <laughs> Well, it was bad, but uh, I solved that problem, remember? Because I said, Greg, do you, do you ever uh, see yeah. any bobcats up here? And you're like, ah, once in a while you oh, see one. And we drive another, I don't know, two miles ago. Bob, there's a bobcat right there. He pulled off the side of the road. There was a bobcat maybe 40 yards off the road. It was it was on at the side of the road eating a dead deer. Yeah. Right? In fact, it's over there. You can see him. Yeah. But uh, I have that, that bobcat full body mounted. <clears throat> it was a big bobcat. Of course, I was huge holding it up, so it made it look huge. Yeah. But, uh, but anyway, so you're like, oh, he ran over. He's like 40 yards away. He's underneath that tree. And I open up the, the door of the truck, and we have the speakers on when the football game going. I get the rifle out, and 
put around you it. You have the speakers and, on while you're still trying to shoot a bobcat? Yeah, I mean, we're literally just off the road. And I look up, and I'm, okay. he goes, it's underneath the tree. If you look through your scope, you can see it. I look, and it looked just like Wilbur the Wildcat. Yeah. It was sitting there looking at me. He's in the shadows, and his face is all puffed out like this. And I'm going, all right, Wilbur, you may be up by 10 points, but you're going down. And I shot the thing right in the chest. And we and came back it. and won the game. Yeah, we? that's right. <laughs> we slayed them deep. I think ASU won like the next five years in a row after yeah. I killed Wilbur the Wildcat. Yeah. Also and we were taking credit fans. for that for years. That's right. Do you remember what happened with that? <laughs> Do you remember what happened with that? Yes. <laughs> it, uh, that was so bad. Don't say anything about it. Where this was, but uh, <laughs> you spent some time there in the past. <laughs> well, so I skin out the bobcat, right, in in the dark, and yeah. uh, at, you know we went to uh, went stayed at a stayed someplace, God. and uh, <laughs> I, I skin it out, and uh, you know, of course I cut off the paws and the head, and I got this carcass. I'm like, right, what am I going to do with this carcass? We're not we're not near, you know. I didn't want to just go throw it in the woods by where the people were camped, so. I went and I found a dumpster, but it was pitch black. I didn't have a flashlight. And I walk, walk over and I'm like, well, either I've grown or this dumpster is not very tall. <laughs> so, so I lift up the, I'm holding this, this bobcat, which was big. It probably weighed up 40 pounds. And I lift up the lid on this dumpster. And I'm thinking, this is really heavy. And I lift it up and I throw the thing in there. And you splash. Kablunk. I'm like, what the heck was that? And I go, I go, Greg, I think I got a problem. You were already, you were already in bed in your sleep bag. I'm like, I think I got a problem. I don't know where that bobcat carcass just went. And it turned out it was like a, a, a recycling thing for deep fryer oil. <laughs> it was the oil for a restaurant. <laughs> so someone's was like, oh, this, this sushi, this deep fried, uh, deep fried chicken tastes a lot like bobcat. <laughs> But I honestly did not know what it was when I threw it in there, except for the splash. I'm like, this is something I hadn't told you. And I was like, well, did they did they eat out of that thing? He was like, no, they, just, they use that just for recycling. But I can just imagine That's what we told guy. ourselves when we get sleep that night. I can just imagine the guy when he goes to drain that thing, you know, six weeks later. And there's headless, pawless bobcat floating in there. That was an, a true mistake, but uh, uh. creepy. But it, but it probably would have tasted better than the food you usually serve. I just started drinking out that thing immediately. <laughs> oh, gosh. Deb, you should, I've been taking a beating on this thing. <laughs> <clears throat> That's definitely unexpected when you came over here. Ugh. All right. Well, it has been a fun podcast and hilarious, even though I'm a little traumatized from that uh, <laughs> granola bar story. I don't know if I'll be able to eat one of those for a while. Um, but... Well, at least we didn't tell the cow story. They wanted me to tell the cow story, Deb. I said no. <laughs> that was a no in the <clears throat> corner. You're going to have all sorts of people. What's up with the cow story? <laughs> the jet tell me the cow story, which I will not tell people. I'm too uncomfortable <laughs> to say that out okay, loud. Okay, you have to book a hunt with Greg Krogh. To, <laughs> and uh, then he will tell you. There's no cow add-on. <laughs> <laughs> it costs extra for is that. Is a cow trophy fee? <laughs> hey, Greg, tell... People, how to get a hold of you? How, if they want to book a hunt or have a question, how do they get a hold of you? I'll link some stuff in the story notes, but just they can either go through like Instagram and do it, or my probably the easiest way is uh, <clears throat> um, I'll put his phone number in there. And you guys can just call him. <laughs> you can do that. Um, you can just uh, either go to my website, muggyonrimoutfitters.com, and uh, there's a contact section on it, or you can go to Instagram, which is just my name, Greg underscore Krogh, K-R-O-G-H, and you can direct message me on that. 
Well, since you brought up your website, I have to bring up this oh, last God. story, <clears throat> oh, God. which was when we shot the buck outside of Wickenburg, yeah. that where I shot it through the uh, um, creosote bush. Mm. Like, I'm really allergic to creosote, and Greg <laughs> wanted to get, like, 400 pictures of this buck, and it was a big buck. <laughs> so we put it, Sorry, on the back of the, put it on the back of the ATV, and we're driving around, <laughs> taking pictures in front of all these different uh, cactus <laughs> and Palo Verdes and... Um, Oregon <laughs> pipe cacts and stuff like that. And my eyes are itching like crazy. And my eyes are getting all swollen. And the and funny, look at the one we used is taking it all the way back at my in-law's house. I know. That's, <laughs> what, that's what you wound up using. But we finally go back to uh, Debbie's parents' house in Cave Creek, right? Yeah. So we're sitting there and you're taking more pictures. And you're like, oh, Bob, look at this picture. And I'm like, going, dude, I'm sneezing. My eyes are itching. I'm just having this horrible allergic reaction. He goes, look at this picture. It's the best picture. I'm like, dude. They all look the same with the buck. He goes, yeah, but look how bad you look. And your eyes swollen. <laughs> you look like you're from a Batman movie. Like Didn't I send Joker. it in to like Muley Crazy or yeah, something? Yeah, exactly. And I'm, you, go, you go, this is what I'm going to use. I'm going to put it on my website. And I'm going to send That's it right. in. Which is exactly what a good friend did. <laughs> I, yeah, I did. Too. The end of the night, my eyes swollen and red. I got snot running out of my nose, sneezing. Yeah, this is perfect, Bob. I'm going to use this forever. Oh, my Lord. I have a is it still on there? Yeah, know. there's a picture. Probably. I have a picture of it with my Remember, my daughter was wearing those. She was dressed up. She came out of the house, and <clears throat> and she's in the picture with her little, uh, those little pearl necklace on, like little beads and stuff. And she's wearing <laughs> these little pink shoes. And I'll have to look and see. But yeah, no, not yeah. nearly as good as Bob's. <clears throat> no, his picture, I'm sure, is high quality. Um, oh, yeah. And I'm sure he makes that buck look huge, too. All right. Well, again, thank you for, first of all, thank you for coming down here. And Debbie, thank you for. You know, letting him leave the house every once in a while. For chaperoning him. God knows he needs to have a chaperone. Uh, yeah, but thank you for coming down here and being willing to put yourself through the thrash of my father. Mm-hmm. And um, I think Greg thrashed me more than I did him. You know, I'm st- I'm actually going to be starting a podcast soon just so that I can do this back to Bob. <laughs> I wasn't ever planning on doing one, but Drummond's been trying to talk me into it, so Bob will be one of our first guests when we start it. So Ooh, that's it. exciting. We'll have you two up, and then we can... We can control the settings. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. All Sounds right. good. I'll make sure I do <coughs> cough in the thing a lot and bang my drink around on the table. Hey. Stop. Bang, hit my arms. Stop. Oh my Being gosh. a Greg Krogh guest. All right. Well, thank you for taking us on your journey through hygiene and taking people to the hospital and all that stuff. <laughs> well, thanks for having us. Of course. And that was really fun talking to Greg. It was funny and entertaining especially because he doesn't remember half of his stories. So every time I would like lead him into one, he'd be like, I don't know what you're talking about. And then you would take over and explain the story. And then he would laugh like it was the first time he ever heard the story. Well, when you have two brain cells and they're held together by one of the worms that came out of a granola bar, it's easy to forget stuff. He does seem to remember how to rip on me all the time. He doesn't remember any details of of the hunts. But uh, no, I'm very grateful that Greg came all the way down from Chino Valley and uh, his parole officer let him come down to the valley. And... uh, uh, wonderful guy, great hunter, and um, lots of fun. So it was great hearing his stories. We'll have to have him back. We only got through about half the stuff. Yeah, we did. The whole list of stuff he gave me, we got through about half of it. And he had to talk, not talk about some of them, you know, whatever. I think he used to be a drummer. All he does is bang on the desk and make all sorts of noises to make the audio quality very bad during the podcast. But He ran out of his drink, and he still managed to make noise with it. <laughs> I was like, oh, thank God he finally finished his <laughs> Pepsi or whatever it was. And then he still managed like to use the ice in it like a maraca. I'm like, Greg, stop it. It's funny. It, you know, his wife, Debbie, came down, and she's like, Greg, don't, you know, you shouldn't say those things on the podcast. You're going to ruin your reputation. 
But everybody that's hunted with Greg knows the stories about him. But it doesn't matter. You don't go on a hunt with Muggy on Rim Outfitters with Greg Krog for a five-star cuisine event. You go with him because he is awesome at finding big animals. He's a great hunter. He knows how to get stuff on the ground. And um, he's a legend in Western hunting. So, you know, I mean, everybody knows he's quirky. Um, <laughs> but, to say uh, the least. But he still gets stuff done. So, Debbie, don't worry. I think you'll still be able to... Um, Enjoy the great food that Greg provides for you and the girls, and you'll have a wonderful life of him providing for you. And just check your food for bugs. That's oh all I'm saying. God. Anyway, we'll have him back again, but it was wonderful for him to come down here and very entertaining. So Yeah, for sure. It was a lot of fun. Because life is short, so am I, and so is my dad. And <laughs> we're just trying to make the most out of every day, and I hope that you guys do too. I hope you all have a great journey and you make it an epic one.